Hello, everyone, and welcome to week, fill in the blank, Tommy, 14, 14 of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast craziness it is the playoffs week one of the playoffs is over and boy what a weekend we got a lot to recap and some matchups to uh move forward with into the semifinals already in the semifinals only four teams remain a lot to talk about but uh tommy you know how, how was your week how you been man i've been doing great uh there was it was certainly quite an exciting week of fantasy football one of the matchups came right down to the end super exciting we will get into that the other ones were not as suspenseful at the end however there were some huge upsets and some major letdowns so as you mentioned there's a lot to talk about why don't we dive right in without further ado let's talk fantasy football I'm diving in and I'm going deep. Get all my head out. My head out. The rivers. Okay, I would like to start with the matchup that was the one versus the eight seed, which is Kyle versus Dad. I think that's yes. very appropriate. Please. Kyle took down, or sorry, reverse. Dad took down Kyle in a major, major way. He wins with a score of eleven thousand four hundred and two to seven thousand eight hundred and seventy-four. Now, it was looking like Dad Dad salvaged the week, sort of. I mean, he ends up with a decent score. It was looking like this was going to be like Dad could win like 9,000 to 7,800. It was, they both started off so slow that it was kind of incredible. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Dad gets 2360 from Alex Collins, 120 rushing yards, rushing touchdown and 46 receiving yards, and that was in the Sunday night game, so... Right. You know, that was a huge chunk of points for dad. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it, it summed up in the very first thing you said about this matchup. Dad beat Kyle in a very big way, and dad scored under 12,000 points. So, I mean, my gosh, walk me through what happened to Kyle's team. Kyle has his worst week of the year by about 2,000 points. I mean, his, his wide receivers, I'm sorry, I have to just go at <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, 300 points. Only two receptions with 20 yards. Dontrell Inman, goose egg. Nothing. Will Fuller, 410. Only had three receptions for 26 yards. I mean, wow. Can you talk about... Have you, I've never seen a positional playoff flop of that degree. This will have to be the worst... From a one seed. Right, from a one seed, the worst week one score. Ever. There's no way on anyone's gotten lower. I don't, I'm not even going to look it up because I refuse to believe it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to look it up. <laughs> Dontrell Inman doesn't even get a target. Like, it's not a great play Zero. to play Dontrell Inman. Goose but egg. you expect at least a few hundred well, points. Well, hey, him. Tommy. Well, hey, in his defense, you know, the Bengals, they're a good defense. The Bears the Bears were going to strip. Wait. Oh. Oh, the Bears scored 33 points. <laughs> I had the Bengals defense, so I'm very aware of this. Bengals defense only scored 300 fantasy points. Dontrell Inman was on a Bears offense that produced and got zero. In a major way, So, yeah. I mean, wow. That's yeah. the flop of a, the century. 
Yeah, and then T.Y. Hilton, although he has put up weeks like this in the past when it's not due to weather, he was not helped out by the weather factor in Buffalo. I don't know if you caught any of that game. It was absolutely incredible. And I want to say both Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy had over 35 rushes. An absolute blizzard. It was a blizzard. I don't know that Indianapolis threw the ball in the first half. So T.Y. Hilton struggles as a result of that. Jack Doyle actually ended up with 740. He got a touchdown with like only two re- Only two receptions, but one of them for a touchdown. So right. he ends up right. with a, a decent <laughs> week. DeMarco Murray, a huge disappointment for Kyle yeah, in the as playoffs. as he continues to 570. be. 570. I mean, you know, we all saw that coming. As much as we didn't see it coming, you know what I mean? It was always... DeMarco Murray, for me at least, this whole season has been one of the most mysterious fantasy players. But honestly, looking back, wasn't really a mystery. He's just hasn't been good, and it's hard to accept that he's not good anymore. Yeah, he hasn't been good, and he's been splitting carries the entire year. That is not a recipe for success for a fantasy running back. He gets decent performances from both Melvin Gordon and Rex Burkhead, 1,480 and 1,380 respectively. And... That's about it. That's about it. You know what, though? Kyle's team, this has been Kyle's team all year. His team has sucked, and right. he gets consistent performances from his running backs for the most part, which is what he got this week. But you know what was really missing this week? <laughs> his kicker and defense. I mean, he 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 didn't get 5,000 from Jacksonville and Greg Zerline combined, so he didn't pull off the W. You know what I mean? Greg Zerline only with 500, Jacksonville only with 1250 they give up 30 points to Seattle uh or they give up 24 points to Seattle it's just he only got 1750 combined from those two which isn't terrible uh but for his team that's what has brought him that's what brought him so many wins this year and he didn't have that this week yeah and that's i mean that's an absolutely excellent point by you it's i would i would venture to say that for the first the top 8 positions quarterback through flex uh Kyle has gotten that combined total from those eight positions or around there quite a few times this year. But as you mentioned, it's just that Zerline was putting up 2,500 and Jacksonville was putting up 3,700. So like, yeah, I mean, huge disappointment for, for Zerline to only get 500 points. I mean, the, the Rams put up 35 points, but just all touchdowns. So, uh, definitely one of those weird games. Um, Carlos Hyde with 1380 on, Kyle's bench so you know he could have played him over DeMarco Murray uh but you know who's to say and then Jordy Nelson with 530 we'll see not that it matters too much because Kyle lost but we'll see what Jordy Nelson does rest of the season with Aaron Rodgers coming back I'm excited uh and Kyle's also got Aaron Rodgers on his bench so uh that'll be fun I mean if I were Kyle I'd probably play Aaron Rodgers over Derek Carr next week so we'll see what he does 100% I think Kyle only played Carr because it was a juicy matchup against Kansas City, and somehow Oakland just shat the bed in that game. And so uh, he actually was lucky to get 1,200 out of Carr. It's just, yeah, I mean, he had a shit week, and this is this was always my problem with Kyle's team is, like, this kind of week, not, yeah. maybe not this bad, but a bad week is always in the realm of possibility from Kyle's team if Zerline and Jacksonville don't produce they happen to not produce. I didn't like Jacksonville's matchup against Seattle this week. I wasn't expecting a big week out of them. And, yeah, this is what happens. Let's move on to Dad's team. We spent Yeah, a lot of time and let's, on... uh, let's not talk about Dad's team too much because we'll, we'll get into Dad's team a bit more when we when we preview the, the semifinals matchups. We'll talk about Dad's team a little bit more here. But, obviously, you know, 
Dad Dad really had a lot of success from Philip Rivers, scoring twenty seventy six. Uh, I thought that was a great play against Washington, a great uh, decision by Dad, and it paid off. Like I mentioned, Alex Collins with a big game on Sunday night. Demarius Thomas with a huge game for Dad, nineteen thirty. He had ninety three yards, a touchdown, eight receptions. That was probably. Uh, I think that might have been the biggest performance from Dad, for Dad this week in terms of uh, surprising. I mean, Alex Collins is very surprising, but he's a starting running back. You're expecting him to get points. Demarius Thomas really, really showed up this week, and uh, not like Dad needed it at all, but he was able to put together a, a relatively respectable week and you know beat Kyle with absolute ease, even with Jarvis Landry scoring 20-96 on Dad's bench. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Dad certainly got lucky with the matchup he was given because he, the only other team he would have beaten would have been Justin. So very lucky in that sense uh, because he could have easily played anyone else if one or two games goes differently in the regular season. So uh, hopefully he can take advantage of that luck. I'm happy. I'm happy. I think it speaks to our analysis that our two least favorite teams going into the playoffs were the two lowest scoring teams. Yeah. Uh, means we're really smart, I think. Yeah, that's that's one way of putting it. I would say, I would say, have you heard of savants? It's when like these really intelligent people are sort of prophesized to just have like supreme intelligence. Are we fantasy savants? I mean, I wasn't gonna say it, but I like I like the way that sounds. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, any any thoughts on dad? Like I said, we can we can focus on it more later on. I think you nailed it with the Demarius Thomas analysis there, and. You weren't expecting that kind of week out of him. He hasn't done it much this year. Uh, great win for Dad. Hopefully he can back it up next week when he uh, when he plays in the semis. Let's move on to who do we want to do? I guess let's just do let's just keep going. We'll do uh, Louis versus Drew since that's the two versus seven matchup. Louis gets sort of and maybe not even sort of a miraculous win over Drew. With a score of twelve thousand nine hundred twenty-four to Drew's twelve thousand and forty-two, and I kind of just want to real quick before we get into the player by player analysis, I just kind of want to paint a picture for everyone that wasn't watching on Monday night. So this matchup was very close; it was almost basically tied going into the Sunday night game. Louis just had Antonio Brown to play, and Drew had Tom Brady and New England's defense to play. So basically you knew Antonio Brown was going to need to outscore Tom Brady in New England. Antonio Brown goes bananas, gets 213 receiving yards. Unfortunately, he was not able to find the end zone, but still puts up 2,680. So at this point, going into Monday night, Louis up by a little over 2,500 points. Yahoo gave Louis a 10% chance to win this matchup at the start of this Monday night game. Tom Brady was projected for 2,200, and New England was projected for 1,500. That's such a low chance. That's such a low chance. And it was it was like and I was watching it with with Anna, Justin and Kyle and texting with Louie and Drew as it was happening. It was like we were in the fucking twilight zone, man. And Jay Cutler and Tom Brady had switched bodies because Jay Cutler was just lighting up the Patriots and New England couldn't move the ball at all at all. Tom Brady had negative points, I think, going into the second quarter. From when the game started to when the first quarter ended, Louis was already at like a 50% chance of winning. Well, what was it like? The, this was the first game, I forget the stats, so I won't even 
I'm gonna butcher it. But... I'll I'll say it for you. This is the it was the first game since 1991 for the Patriots that they didn't convert on third down. That is remarkable. And they sc- they had two yards in the first quarter, which is their lowest uh, since like 2001, which is basically pre. I mean, it's right at the start of the Tom Brady era. So yeah. So I mean, a huge disappointment, like you're saying, Tom Brady. He only put up 1,132. Uh, I mean, what else, you know, Drew, this, like you said, this was the, the most dramatic matchup of the week. Very close. Great comeback by Louis. So, you know, valiant effort by Drew, but what, what else went wrong for his team besides Tom Brady? I mean, that was, this Monday night game was the, was, was the backbreaker. I, I would have thought with certainty that Drew was going to win. He got excellent performances from Devontae Adams and Jamal Williams with 25-40 and 27-30. When they did that, I was really worried for Louie because Devontae Adams caught two touchdowns at the end of that game and Drew's points just skyrocketed. He got a great performance from Frank Gore. He got a good performance from Travis Kelsey. His his kicker, Will Lutz, that was a bit of a disappointment with only 600. I mean, the big the big one that stands out is Sterling Shepard with only 170 points. That hurts a lot. That's the big one for me. I think that's the biggest. Outside of, like you're saying, the combination of the Monday night game with Tom Brady in New England, that was devastating for Drew. But Sterling Shepard only getting two catches for 16 yards and then a negative nine-yard rush, uh, that that hurt a lot for Drew. That That right there was the difference. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I still point to the the Tom Brady and the Monday night game being the reason Drew lost. Yeah, because it's his flex play. You know, you can't... Right. You can't... Yeah, no. That's going to happen. You're right, you're right. That's yeah, going to no, happen. You're definitely right. Uh, Jamal Williams, though, with a huge game, 27-30. Yeah, Devontae yeah. Adams with a huge game, 25-40. So the Packers really came through for Drew. Yeah, no, and I thought that was what was going to get him get him the win honestly I, I really had lost hope for Louie uh and it was just it was crazy Jimmy Graham putting up zero for Louie talk about the talk about the difference on Louie's team I mean that him and uh Latavius Murray only putting up 300 that outside of that Louie's team really performed well right yeah Louie I mean those are obviously Louie's two regrets were was playing Murray and playing Graham I mean, he can't not play Graham it's just a, a crazy game for Graham. Obviously, Jacksonville's a good defense. They weren't in the red zone ever, the Seahawks, and that's where Jimmy Graham feasts, so that is the big reason why he performed so poorly. But Russell Wilson, I said it. I told Louie he had nothing to worry about, even though they were playing Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Russell Wilson still puts up 24-84. The man is an absolute machine, a fantasy Yeah, I mean, machine. he just shuts up. I mean, me me being one of them. Uh, I I mean, not I I had opened up to it more just as it kept happening. But if you would have asked me, you know, four weeks ago, if I wanted Russ Wilson going into the playoffs, I would have said, heck no, I don't want, I don't want him going up up against Jacksonville, one of the best defenses in the league. But you're right, he he's I mean, he's matchup. Russ Wilson is 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 the definition of matchup proof. He is, without a doubt, don't have to hesitate the best fantasy quarterback this season and will be the number one fantasy quarterback heading into next season. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the best fantasy quarterback this season. I, I don't know if the rankings for next season will put him at number one, but I get what you're no. saying. Um, no, but that should. 
we won't yeah. again. We won't give him the respect he deserves again. Yeah, I mean, because people are always going to put, like, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady way up there. But, yeah, no, Russell Wilson, he's the number one scoring quarterback this year. Antonio Brown is the number one scoring wide receiver. Uh, Jimmy Graham is in the top five for tight ends. Uh, Louis has such an explosive team, and they all showed up. Keenan Allen didn't get find the end zone either, but he still puts up 14-10. Josh Gordon with 14-40. He's got Sanu on his bench with 17-30. I mean, his wide receivers are absurd. And uh, going, I think Louis has to feel insanely good about going into Week 15 because this was the week that he was worried about because he had so many bad matchups, and he still put up yeah. 12,900. Yeah. So, Louis getting uh, through this week, I mean... I think, in in my opinion, Louis. I mean, we'll get into it, but I th- in my opinion, Louis is by far the the favorite to win the championship this year. Uh, and just Antonio Brown. I mean, the guy since week eleven, four <laughs> weeks in a row. I mean, yeah. I yeah. just you won't you won't see that you know often or ever. No no one else does what Antonio Brown does. Talk about you know certain statements you can make. Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Period. I think hands down, yeah. For fantasy purposes, especially, but just hands down overall, the guy is just insane at football and what he can do on behalf of uh, receiving passes from Big Ben. Yeah, I mean, he's the dude's literally averaging over three thousand points a week the last four weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Mosinu also putting up seventeen thirty on Louis' bench, so he's he's just absolutely stacked at the wide receiver position. Um, any other thoughts on these two teams? Otherwise, let's move on to the next matchup. No, I don't. I think we can close this one out. Hell of a matchup. Best matchup of the week. You really feel for Drew because, you know, I, I said going into this week, I liked his team going into this week. They showed that they are a high-powered team. You know, he's going to put up thirteen, maybe 14,000 if New England has a good game on Monday night. And it, it just sucks for him to go out in this way. I know he's he's kind of made himself numb to fantasy football with the heartbreak he's had over the years, uh, but yeah, it's it's got to be frustrating for him. Uh, and maybe losing to Louis is a kind of a it makes it not as bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, you feel for Drew. Louis got Louis got really lucky uh, in the sense that going into the Monday night game, it wasn't looking good. Uh, Would have been an unlucky loss if, if Drew had beat him based on his total points, but. Yeah, it's, this was a crazy matchup, and uh, I still can't believe that Louis won. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, great for Louis, and boy, was it fun watching the drama unfold. Drew, you know, uh, we we feel for you. It must have been painful to watch it unfold, but you, you, you had a hell of a season, and we love your tenacity, so stick at it. Amen, amen. Uh, yeah, let's let's move into the next matchup then. The next match that we're going to talk about is going to be the three seed versus six seed, which happens to be you versus Brian. Brian takes you down with a score of 16,006 to your 13,524. Uh, and before I let you talk, I'd just like to, to say a few words. Um, you score the second most points on the week, and you get the loss. You You easily had... A top three, maybe you could argue, for sure top four, maybe top three team. And this week, you had the second best team, uh, 
and it's just, I mean, this this matchup between you and Brian is why you hate fantasy football, because, I mean, this your your loss this week is the definition of unjust, and unfair and cruel. Uh, because sure, you had a couple guys that that didn't perform up to par, and you left maybe some points on the board, but <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. If you had played a better defense, you still wouldn't have beaten Brian. If yeah. someone's, if Matt Ryan puts up seventeen hundred, you still don't beat Brian. It's first of all, I appreciate that. It mean it means a lot. Um, second of all, I'm absolutely devastated. Um, I, I, you're right. I, you're right. I, I, I mean, imagine. this this is, you know, you put in you put in the hours, you put in the work. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, fantasy football. I mean, what's better than fantasy football? I mean, we obviously love it enough to go above and beyond and record a podcast and talk about it for hours every week. But, I mean, fantasy football is is a great time, but it's, you know, it's a lot of work you put in. And you you, you make the moves that you, that you think are the right moves. You pick up people on waivers. You make trades. You put yourself in a position to win. And it can just not matter. And it and it and it's it's not your fault. Like you said, I put up I scored the second most points out of anyone in the league, but hey, someone had to play Brian this week and the dude put up over 16k. So, you know, a win's a win, a loss is a loss, and while I'm proud of my boys, I I wasn't able to pull this one out. I mean, I'll just I'll talk about Brian's team just br- briefly here. DeAndre Hopkins was was the huge one for me. That really, when that, that just totally deflated my sales. And that was a performance that, you know, he puts up 3,000, gets two touchdowns, 149 yards, 11 receptions. That was the one for me that really, um, along with Denver's defense, those two really just, you know, I wasn't expecting those. And I think that's why I didn't take Brian's team seriously enough. No, you could have never anticipated this. So one, this is Brian's highest scoring week by, by a lot. Uh, he hadn't scored. He hadn't even reached fifteen thousand before this. Um, really, really. Oh, I didn't even. I didn't know that. That hurts. I will go and uh, double check that real quick. But um, yeah, I believe for in the fourteen. No, I mean I believe it. That makes sense. Um, I mean it's, it's a really good week. <laughs> it's a very it's a very good week. Other than Jermaine Curse, his whole team performed. His highest before this week was fourteen thousand three hundred. Uh, if you go back to last week and this week, it's easily combined between the two weeks, his best two-week stretch. Uh, so going down the list of players, Des Bryant puts up 1480. That's his third best week of the year. DeAndre Hopkins puts up 3040. That's his second best week of the year. Funches puts up 1340, only his sixth best week of the year. Drake puts up 2180. But but I would like to point out with Funches, he put up 1340, but he was going against the Vikings, you know, one of the best passing defenses in the league, and he really had a bad game, but he had one yeah. big broken play, and, oh, I mean, that that sucked. That sucked, because that's one of those games where it wasn't a 1340 performance from, from Funchess. He just got, he had one lucky play, and I caught the, the bad end of it. Right, right. No, absolutely. It was a bad matchup, and he had the game that he had. He should have had way less points. Drake right. obviously with with um, with Williams out, he puts up twenty one eighty, which is his best week of the year. Corral puts up fourteen sixty, that's his third best week of the year. 
My Hunter Henry goodness. puts up 1,300. That's his second best week of the year. Dude, Denver, this is painful. I didn't, Denver, know, I didn't yes, know this. It's, oh, it, Brian's week is absolutely insane. Denver puts up 2,600. 2,600 from Denver. Their best week of the year. And it's not even close. They hadn't reached 2,000 before this week. That's what I mean. Oh my gosh! It was, dude. You, you, you are, you, you you are you were, kicking me <laughs> while I'm down. You are pouring, you are pouring how? sulfuric acid into my open wounds. How is this kicking you while you're down? You you ran into a perfect storm. There was nothing you can do. This is one of the this is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. When you talk about what Brian's team has done so far this year, and pair that with what he did this week, it should have never happened. It shouldn't have happened. He didn't have the good matchups for it. I mean, he had some good matchups, but it's just crazy. It, it just it wasn't meant to be for you because you had a fantastic week. You had great performances. What's funny, what I found funniest about your team is you lost Ertz, and Trey Burton puts up 2160, God, which, is, yeah. which is more points than Zach Ertz scored all year. Yeah, uh, what a but hey, I'd like to give myself a little credit for just plugging in the backup. Yeah, it was it was definitely smart. Uh, it's the it's definitely the play I would have made, and I thought it was a great decision. Uh, he had done well uh, in uh, in previous games when when Ertz had gone out. So and Butker with a huge two thousand point game for me. Uh, Michael Thomas has his best Michael week of the Thomas, year for you with twenty two seventy. Crabtree, Mister Reliable with eleven fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Really wish Michael Crabtree were on a, a team in the semifinals because I I think he's the type of player that to end this year could you know be a championship winner if you know what I mean. One of those calibers where he just explodes in these last couple games. Uh, mm-hmm. I could have gotten more out of my running backs. That was definitely an area that I I, I could have gotten more. Uh, Mark Ingram, Mister Reliable, only with eleven twenty though. And Alfred Morris only with a flat 1,000. So I think I was disappointed there. But number one overall disappointment. And you might think it should be Matt Ryan, but mine is Cincinnati's defense. I I thought it was a great play. I was confident in it. And you know what? Uh, I mean, that's the biggest difference right now in looking at it in mine and Brian's matchup is is that defense. Denver with 2,600 for him and Cincinnati with 300 for me. I mean, that's not all the difference right there, but... Boy, it's 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 hard to to focus on anything else. Yeah, and I think that's fair for you to have, I guess, regrets about that. Just because you know, it, it's it's that's my team is my team. I've made waiver moves. I've 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 picked. Uh, I've traded for guys. But the big decision, honestly, when it comes down to it in playoff time, defense can make or break you. And and knowing you know. Some people have defenses that they play all year, but me, I'm a guy who I, I stream a different defense every week based on matchups. So, you know, I picked out the Bengals as my week one playoff matchup. And, and it's just, you know, you, you look back and you say, I mean, heck, I've even got Tennessee on my bench with 1,900. But to your point, I mean, perfect storm. I don't know why. I No no point in wasting more time on my team. Oh my god! Yeah, if you're if you're second guessing yourself at all, that you can't do that to yourself. Like, right? Oh yeah, I you wish you had played a defense that got that what it got in twenty five hundred. Like, okay, fine, right. but you can't. Right. You can't just expect that. And right. Cincinnati was a good play. It was a good matchup. They were playing a very bad team in Chicago at home. They throughout this year, Cincinnati has preyed on the weaker teams and has has been a really good fantasy defense for almost all of this year. And it it just 
the the game they have with Chicago just baffles me. Honestly, I will feel so much better. I'll feel like this will all have been worth it if it results in Marvin Lewis getting fired. I hate to break it to you, Jack. He's not getting fired. You if Mar- really don't think so? Marvin Lewis should, should... I mean, I guess he could, but the, the man should have been fired almost every single year for like the past six years. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. If it hasn't uh, happened yet, I don't know that it's ever going to happen. I, I, it's... They're a team that had really high hopes at the beginning of the year. They underperform almost every year. When they make the playoffs, they just blow it in the playoffs, and they don't make the playoffs that often. They were and just got all kinds of talent, this year. and they were just awful this year. Yeah, they're just they awful. Have, they have tons of talent, tons. AJ Green, elite wide receiver. Joe Mixon, damn good rookie running back. Gio Bernard, a decent running back. Andy Dalton was the biggest issue this year. But anyways, you know we dwell. Congrats to Brian on a huge week. Yeah, insane um, week from Brian. We've been doubting his team. Hopefully he can keep it rolling, you know. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, g- Good for him. Let's move on to the next matchup. Yeah, we should. Uh, again, apologies. You have been one of the better teams uh, since tw- since you won in 2014. You've had one of the better teams, and uh, it just didn't work out for you this year. Uh, so kudos to you, but uh, yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't in the cards for you this year. Let's move on to our final matchup, the... I guess it might not it might not have been the most boring matchup. You could include Kyle and Dad's matchup in there, but uh, Scott takes down Justin with a score of thirteen thousand two hundred twenty-two to Justin's ten thousand three hundred seventy-two. There was maybe I don't know, like a half hour where you thought because Scott started off really slow, and there was just a little bit of time where it was like, man, could could Scott really shit the bed that much this week? Does Justin have a chance? Because he wasn't putting up a lot of points, Justin wasn't, but Scott was putting up even less. And, you know, Greg Olson puts up zero. Not I a gotta, good way to start. I, I, I gotta say, though, uh, just just since you mentioned Greg Olson, I think I think Greg Olson was a bad start by Scott. I think, I think it's an example, and this is going to be some hard-hitting analysis, hot takes, so let me know if I'm being too harsh, but I think it's an example of, you know, Scott going with his heart, He's, he's had Greg Olson on his team in the past. He's a Greg Olson fan. But Greg Olson has not produced this year uh, because of his injuries. And he's coming back this week, you know. But they're going up against Minnesota, one of the best defenses in the league. I just I just think Scott should have found a better option at tight end. And I, I think he's lucky that he got enough production from some of his superstars to make up for it. Because he, he really, by playing Greg Olson, left his team vulnerable. Yeah, and the tight end position has been a position that Scott has struggled with all year. He got a couple decent weeks from Hunter Henry, but ended up having to drop him. No, it, it wasn't a good play by Scott. As you mentioned, he's lucky to be able to escape with a win, despite Greg Olson getting zero points. I certainly wouldn't have started Greg Olson this week. I wouldn't start Greg Olson this week. When you're in a, a playoff game, a must-win matchup, you can't play someone with the hopes they're going, to, they're going to return to former glory. You need to see something from Greg Olson before you play him in a playoff matchup. I mean, that's yeah. at least how I would view it. No, uh, you're right on. So, yeah, he gets lucky that he didn't The Pittsburgh Steelers won Scott his matchup. Oh, yeah, I mean, 100%. Uh, because in the Monday night game, Brandon Cooks and Kenny Stills both shit the bed with 430 and 280, but Scott gets uh, more than... Uh, Almost half of his production from Le'Veon Bell with 3,500 and Ben Roethlisberger with 2,874. 
Ben Roethlisberger is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the stat again, but this is his third game throwing over 500 yards. Uh, this season, I believe, right? No. 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 Or just ever. Just that, and that maybe is surprising to you, but yeah, it's just he's the first quarterback ever to throw for 500 yards three times in a career. Was, in his that, career. was that it? Was that it? That's it. Dude hadn't, yeah, he hasn't thrown. That's his first 400 plus yard game this year. Uh, I remember so. his 500 yard game must have been last season then. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. It absolutely was. Um, uh, and Le'Veon Bell with you know two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown, just ridiculous. He also gets nineteen ninety from Leonard Fournette and fifteen thirty from Doug Baldwin. So really carried by a few of his superstars and got some duds from the the bottom half of his team. So you worry about Scott's depth moving into the next matchup. But what did you see over on Justin's side? Because you know he scored ten thousand. He also had some respectable performances, but some absolute duds on the other hand. Yeah, so this has kind of been just what Justin's team has been for most of this year. Um, gets a great week out of Dak Prescott with 26.58. Hey, I'd like to commend Justin for, for going with his gut and playing Dak Prescott. He stuck with his guy, and I think that's a it was a, it was a brave move by Plonktief because I think some experts might have said to play Case Keenum, but Dak Prescott actually puts up 26-58, you know, 330 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, just a big game against the Giants, and Case Keenum only puts up 21-20. So I applaud Justin for sticking with his guy. Unfortunately, some other parts of his team uh, were not as courageous as Dak. Uh, talk about the flops. I mean, take me through. I mean, I'm looking at tight end, his wide, the one of his wide receivers, and both of his running backs. Just, just miserable. What went wrong? Yeah, so he he's when we look at Justin's team in the past and throughout the weeks, his running backs had been kind of one of the stronger parts of his roster. And like you mentioned, they they didn't bring it. Lamar Miller puts up seven hundred. I mean, that's easily one of his worst weeks of the year. It's his it's his second worst week of the year. So it's just, and it's not like they were playing a bad defense. It just I don't know. I didn't watch most of that game, so I don't know why he didn't really get production, but it just didn't work out. Jarek McKinnon, 650, that's not a great week for him. Now, he had been trending in the wrong direction since their bye week, only reaching 1,000 one time, so I guess that isn't super surprising, especially against a good defense like Carolina, but you really would have wished for more. Corey Davis, it was I, I mean, I'm fine with the play. He didn't have much better options, but... Corey Davis hasn't gotten over 590 uh, the entire... One of the uh, biggest disappointments of the fantasy season. Yeah, you know, he had that injury, and then just really he and Mar- Mariota have never really found it. And I Tennessee guess the Titans is like whole, the worst-looking playoff team I think I've ever seen. It's uh, like Kyle's team. <laughs> too true. Uh, but, you know, great great performance from from Dede Westbrook, uh, 1660, and then he gets a good yeah. week from Amendola with Gronk being out. And again, Gronk being out was such a huge loss for Justin because his tight end yeah. only puts up two sixty. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah. That can't. That's. I'm glad you pointed that out again because that can't. That cannot be understated. No. Uh, definitely a huge loss, and you know who knows. Anytime Gronk's in there, he can catch two touchdowns any game. So you're looking at, you're looking at a much closer matchup here. Definitely applaud Justin for a strong performance, but. You know, like Tommy and I uh, predicted, he had one of the weaker teams going into the playoffs. Some would argue that there were some teams that didn't make the playoffs that should have had his place. But good season to Justin still. 
and you know um love love your progression as you've entered the league recently in these last couple of years you've really shown growth every year so i applaud you yeah yeah a fine season from justin he had a, a very up and down year he had some big scoring weeks had some very low scoring weeks uh more low scoring than than high scoring for him but yeah, he makes. The I saw playoffs. some good. I saw some good decision making from Justin this year. Absolutely, I, I, Absolutely. I thought he was. I he was, I think he's still kicking himself about dropping Russell Wilson, but you know, don't that focus on too much. That was fate. That Russell right. Wilson it, was Louis. It was you know yeah. I mean? It was uh, divine yeah. intervention. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Louis, Louis was able to get him back on his team. Well, uh, let's talk about the semifinals, Tommy. Uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Uh, before we do, I just really quickly wanted to give a shout out to Anna, actually, who we mentioned may have deserved a playoff spot. Um, she her team put up over fourteen thousand points this week. Uh, so if she had made the playoffs, she would be moving on to the semifinals. And you know, I just wanted to to say that real quick. She had a a really, really good performance from her team. And if she'd made the playoffs, she'd be in the semifinals. The only team she would have lost to would have been Brian. So uh, kudos to her. Well, thank you for pointing that out. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, congrats to, to Anna. Like I just mentioned, definitely a team that could have made the playoffs. So speaks to, uh, speaks to the unluckiness of fantasy as a whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go into the semifinals. We've got... Two matchups here where I feel like there is a clear-cut favorite in both of the matchups. Yeah, it's sort of like not exciting. But I, I but it, it's obviously anything can happen on any given week. So, uh, and I'm I don't so Louis plays Brian, and Scott plays Dad. Let's start with uh, let's start with Louis versus Brian. Okay. Um, as we mentioned, Louis has much better matchups this week, which uh, does not bode well for Brian because Louis's team has been absolute dynamite. He had a down week in week 14 and scored 12,900. So that's not great uh, if you're Brian. You look at his wide receivers, Keenan Allen against Kansas City. Thank you very much. Mohamed Snu versus Tampa Bay. Uh, thank you very much. Antonio Brown versus New England. Yes, please. And then you pair that with the fact that Baltimore is playing Deshaun Kaiser and Cleveland. Um, check mark. Yes, and yes. Yeah, that is. And honestly, I mean, look at what the Bears just did to the Bengals last week. The Bengals season is over. They don't. They don't care anymore. They're not trying. Mm-hmm. I think Latavius Murray could. I'm not worried about him. I know he had only 300 points for Louis in in last week, but that was a tough matchup. This, I think Latavius Murray could have a big game against the Bengals and Marshawn Lynch. Playing in a primetime game on Sunday night against Dallas, I think Louis poised for a big week. I think he is too. Uh, he he hasn't. I think it's the right decision. I I don't anticipate Louis making any changes to his lineup. I don't. Th- I I think Josh Gordon, even though he's been great up against Baltimore, I don't like Cleveland going up against Baltimore in a must-win game for Baltimore. Uh, so I think that's the right decision to not play him. And obviously, he's going to stick with Jimmy Graham, even though Jimmy Graham just put up zero points. That I, I, I expect a bounce-back week from Jimmy Graham. Uh, it's a very, very important game in Seattle. I'm going to ask you, one, I'm gonna ask you one question that might be crazy on the surface, but I think, honestly, it's worth humoring. 
Jonathan Stewart on Louis' bench scores 28-30 against Minnesota, 103 yards and three touchdowns. Carolina's looked good. Do you do you, do you buy into that huge performance by Jonathan Stewart at all, or do you think he's a non-factor, not someone that Louis should consider putting in his RB two slot or his flex slot? I don't. No, I don't. It's it's not something that I personally would would I would not play Jonathan Stewart based off that one week. That would seem like a severe overreaction. Sure. You know, uh, I just you know some people like to stay in the flames. They right. Some people like to stay in the flames, but if you're Louie, it's not like he's just like I mean, I really need to find someone I can like he's got yeah. his guys. No. He's got There's guys. no way you're playing Jonathan Stewart over Alshon Jeffrey. Well, okay. There's no way you're playing him against uh, over Marshawn Lynch. But Alshon Jeffrey, the argument would be that Carson Wentz got injured. And I actually so that's a fair take, but I actually told Louie I think Alsh- I think Carson Wentz getting injured is going to benefit Alshon Jeffrey. Interesting. Hot take. Explain. I think that Nick Foles is going to lean on a big guy, a safe target, a guy that can go up and get the ball in a, a wide area, a lot of reach, a lot of range. He's a secure uh, possession uh, type of wide receiver if you need him to be. You know, you're not... I've, you're not wrong, but you're I, also even more so describing Zach Ertz. So to play devil's advocate, I think Zach Ertz will be that Mr. Reliable for Nick Foles, just throwing over the middle of the field, playing it safe. I think Alshon Jeffrey, you know, maybe, might have might have some more elite corners on him and and just might be a little more intimidating for Nick Foles to go after. It, it potentially and it's I'm only basing it off of a small sample size because obviously Nick Foles only played like a quarter, but when he was in uh, and obviously Ertz was out, so that could definitely, definitely change the dynamic of things. But he threw to Jeffrey a lot. Um, uh, Jeffrey ended with 11 targets. I would guess at least five of those. Maybe not. I, felt, I, th- I would guess five of those were from Nick Foles. Um, so I guess, if anything, I would I would redact my statement and just say I don't think it's going to hurt Alshon Jeffrey. Sure. Um, maybe it won't make him better, per se, but I still stick with Alshon Jeffrey if you're Louie and if I if I'm Louie, I just see no reason to change anything. Yeah. I just like it maybe I mean the one the one thing, you know, Josh Gordon, it's it, it'd be fun to play him, but I don't disagree, you know, it's Baltimore, they're a tough defense, but you know, you got to think it's well within the realm of possibility that Josh Gordon gets, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, but Alshon Jeffrey's probably probably a safer play. Um, right. yeah, I would say Alshon also... Jeffrey probably has a a safer a safer floor, but Josh Gordon might have some more upside. I don't see Alshon Jeffrey exploding with Nick Foles as his quarterback. That's fair, but I think you. I mean, you said it's a safer play. I think that's the one to go with because, especially in a flex spot. Yeah, well, and I mean, Louis doesn't need to Cleveland, be. Exploding. Cleveland could lose thirty-seven to three and put up a hundred yards on offense. So, like, yeah. It's just, I I'm I wouldn't play Josh Gordon, and like you mentioned, I mean Josh Gordon is so talented that yeah, I mean maybe he gets like a seventy five yard touchdown next week, but like, you don't want to bank on that. Uh, yeah, because, don't yeah, absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, what do you so, think uh, about about Brian's team? Uh, I'm looking at you know he's got a big decision at the quarterback position to play Cam Newton against Green Bay or Jared Goff against Seattle. Obviously, it's looking like he'll go with Cam. I think that's the right call, unless you have a different take on that. Um, but what else do you think about Brian's team this week? No, I think uh, I mean without question, at least statistically. Playing Cam Newton is the best, better decision. I like that decision. Um, I, I don't know that. I don't know that. I would be very surprised if Jared Goff outscores Cam Newton this week, and I don't. I wouldn't think that Brian put a whole lot of thought into it. Green Bay's pass defense has been atrocious. I mean, they literally just almost lost to Cleveland, and they made Deshaun Kaiser look good for most of that game. So, I would with I would without hesitation play Cam Newton. Uh, I, I Brian already made the switch because he had Goff starting, and since this week started, he put Cam Newton in, so I would assume he's going to stick with that. What would worry me if I was Brian would be Houston going into Jacksonville, and Tom Savage, I can't imagine, would play because he got hit uh, and like had a seizure, like a mini seizure on the ground. His like, hands were Yeah, and then him. he went back into the he game. He tried to go back into the game. That is now... Good, good look for the NFL. Right. Now that, I mean, with TJ Yates as his quarterback, I have no idea what we can expect from Hopkins in this game. Suffocating, suffocating defense that Jacksonville has. Inexperienced, not a lot of playing time this year for Yates. Hopkins could still get 10 targets and maybe salvage like a thousand point week, but I certainly wouldn't anticipate him getting more than 1,500, which in this latter half of the year is, he's been doing that more often than not. Um, but then going back to Green Bay, I really like Funches against Green Bay's defense. So that could be a big game potential for, for Funches. And Drake has just been, I mean, he's been getting really big scores, 21-60 and 21-80. But I test, I mean, Kenyon Drake in the game against New England was putting on a show. Yeah, was, I mean, he was, he's, he's, he was he's got to be their starter heading into next season, you got to think. Absolutely. He was making some serious moves in the backfield. Uh, but then to go back to another bad matchup, Crowell against Baltimore, I don't know. Brian's the type of guy that will probably just stick with it. I, the only thing he would do would be maybe to play Darkwell against Philly, but they have a good defense as well. But I certainly do not like Crowell against Baltimore this week. Uh, the last time they played, Crowell put up 370. So that's not a matchup I like. I do like Hunter Henry against Kansas City. Uh, Phillip Rivers has been on fire, and he's been going to Henry consistently over the last three weeks. So if that can keep up. And actually, I like the fact that Brian is playing Watkins against Seattle. Um, Their secondary is not what it usually is. Lots of injuries. Uh, So... I don't mind that play at all. Um, and then Denver. yeah, I mean, I, I I disagree. I think I think Sammy Watkins is a really dangerous play against Seattle. I think he's well. It I mean it's it's I, I to your point, you I know, wanna, he could definitely explode with just a huge touchdown, a big play. But I could see Sammy Watkins getting close to zero. To be to be clear, Sammy Watkins is a dangerous play any given week. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, I certainly. Right, you will. I will not be at all surprised if he only puts up two fifty. Yeah. Um. But I think because of their, uh, because of their weak secondary, maybe not weak, but their damaged secondary, and Seattle hasn't been as locked down as they have been. 
Rams defense has been good. Depending on Robert Woods' availability, that would affect, I think, how many targets and how well Watkins can do and how many opportunities he gets. But That's so fair. I guess, Definitely a big factor in that. I guess going down Brian's team, I think he's probably got like half good matchups, half bad matchups. So, I mean, Brian would have to do something that he hasn't done all year, which he kind of already did last week by he scored 16,000 for the first time. But Brian hasn't strung together three great weeks at any point during this season at any point not once so wow he will have to do that because i don't think brian can win this week with like eleven thousand points <laughs> i just don't see it happening uh <laughs> so yeah i i like louis in this matchup only because louis team is so much firepower and has been firing basically on all cylinders all of his guys are on teams that are playing for something, which means a lot at this point this year. Um, I mean, literally every single position on Louis' team, he's on a, a team that is in the playoffs or could make the playoffs. So um, I, I think that's big for him. Um, and yeah, I like Louis. Uh, I'm assuming you like what you will take Louis in this matchup as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Louis will score at least. 12,000 with the potential of scoring like 14,000. And so we'll see what, we'll see if Brian can, can score a lot again. We've been doubting his team all year, so maybe he'll, uh, he'll do the unthinkable and make it to the championship. All right, let's move on to the other semifinal, the big matchup of dad, the eight seed against Scott, the five seed. Uh, Scott is definitely projected to win. And before we get into it, uh, I would say, I would guess mine and Tommy's favorite for this week, but let's let's talk about the specifics. I mean, I think after seeing the huge week from the Pittsburgh guys this week, you gotta be thinking they'll try to keep that up as they try to you know uh, improve their 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 position moving into the playoffs. I know it's New England, but mm-hmm. New England just got shown up by the Dolphins, so anything's possible. Um, it is. I think I think Le'Veon Bell and Big Ben have the potential to decide this matchup if they. If they have a big game or if they're stopped by the the, the Patriots, I think that'll, you know, uh, it'll be hard to overcome for dad if they perform like they did this week. For sure, 100%. I think you, you hit it right on the head there. If the only, I think the dad's only chance at winning this matchup is if, if Pittsburgh doesn't play well against New England. And to your, you mentioned that New England just, got destroyed by Miami, that kind of concerns me a little bit. It cannot be overstated how important... <laughs> uh, important kitten. Um, it cannot be understated how important this game is for both New England and Pittsburgh. New yeah, England, it's a big game. This, this, this matchup, whoever wins, will probably be the one seed throughout the playoffs, which is something you want because obviously it's not... A foregone conclusion, but these teams will probably face each other in the playoffs. Um, and so having that home field advantage is obviously big. I don't think the Steelers have any chance to beat the Patriots in Foxborough in the playoffs. So it's a huge game for them. If they can win, they lock a higher seed for themselves above New England. And if New England wins, they're again tied with the same amount of records and New England has the tiebreaker over them. So it's a huge game. And the fact that New England is coming off of a loss, I don't know how often new england has back-to-back bad games so we'll see how that 
plays out. It, but I'm just excited to watch that football game. But absolutely, uh, it'll definitely have big impact on this matchup. You gotta like, uh, you know, Doug Baldwin going against against the Rams. The Rams have a good passing defense this year, but I don't know. Doug Baldwin's been just like Russell Wilson, sort of matchup proof. He had one down week with 300. That was against the Niners, so no no rhyme or reason there. Uh, but Doug Baldwin, he's just been solid. I do worry about Tyreek Hill against the Chargers. The Chargers' rush defense has been so good lately, and with Alex Smith getting pressured, I'm just not confident they'll be able to have high production for Kansas City. So I don't know. I uh, What else do you see about Scott's team? I see some ups and I see some downs. Yeah, I mean... So the thing about Scott's team is it's so it's got so much firepower. Uh, as far as firepower goes, probably at this point only Louis's team has more firepower. Uh, because so we've talked a little bit about maybe Scott's team a little bit more vulnerable or looking more vulnerable the second half of the year, which is kind of true, but is also kind of false. So we had a three week stretch that was bad this year. Uh, where he scored like 11,000 or less in three straight weeks. I think it was 8 through 10. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule now. Um, yeah, he scored 10,800, 10,700, and 11,1200 in weeks 8 through 10. Outside of that, uh, so we're talking about 14 weeks here, he scored over 13,000 nine times. Nine out of wow. four, nine out of fourteen weeks. So, yes, Scott's team has the capability of scoring nine, ten thousand, but the odds are very much in favor of his team at least putting up thirteen thousand. So, yes, there are concerns with Scott's team, like you mentioned, not a great matchup for Hill. Um, he doesn't have a, a good tight end play. Uh, with you know, maybe he'll just stick with Greg Olson. I don't know that I would advise that, but. Certainly, he shouldn't change it based on what we say because we'll say something and then Greg Olson will get, you know, three targets and two touchdowns or something like that. Um, <laughs> but he's got, you know, he picks up Detroit's defense, which is, I think, a good play. It's a must win game for Detroit against Chicago, who sucks. Um, and I also like the theoretic pickup, especially if Abdullah is not playing uh, again this week. Uh, he's very similar to the type of player that. Giovanni Bernard is in that he's a, a sort of a pass catching running back first and foremost, uh, quick and, and agile. So, and he just put up 1600 against the bears. So I think that's a good flex play for Scott. And I mean, it doesn't for Nets matchup proof bells matchup proof. So those guys on any given week can put up 2000 easily without even blinking. Uh, cooks, could have a bounce back week. He had a bad week. Like I mentioned, it's a very important game for the Steelers. And their defense has been so bad uh, as of late. They lost Ryan Shazier, which I don't think that can be overstated how important he is to that team because yeah. they've looked bad since then. And then with um, Joe Hayden, they lost him weeks ago. Their secondary has not been nearly as good. And the big plays that they give up, have skyrocketed with Joe Hayden out. And you know that Brandon Cooks is a big play type of guy, so that's dangerous for Dad. Uh, and so I see, I look at all of Scott's guys, or at least most of them, and all of them could put up big weeks. And so really, 
it's just going to be a matter of if if it happens or not. I like his chances this week. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I I totally agree. I think from from top to bottom, your takes were were spot on. It's it's Scott has one of those teams that um, has the firepower, but you you you're you're nervous watching every week because it takes some big plays and sometimes you know they come later in the game. But I I would say the biggest vulnerability, just like I said last week. Greg Olson, I, I mean, I think Scott's really got to fill that tight end position, but lucky for him, he's going against Dad, who has an, a pretty big hole at the tight end position as well. Phillip Rivers, for Dad, hopefully, will be able to produce against KC. That's a big game for both those teams, so excited to watch that as well. Demarius Thomas just had a big week last week. Hopefully, he can produce against the Colts. Jarvis Landry has been really solid, but you're not sure about that game. It's at Buffalo. If it's anything like the game last week, there might not be a lot of yards to be catching for Landry, so I worry about that. Um, but I think if Dad if Dad wants to win this week, he's really going to have to be carried uh, by his running backs. I think he'll need a solid running back performance just to keep up with Scott's running backs. Christian McCaffrey has to produce against the, the Packers, and Deion Lewis against a tough Pittsburgh defense, you know, uh, He's got a. He's. I. He. I think Deion Lewis has got to score a touchdown for Dad. You know what I mean. I just. I don't see Dad being able to survive this matchup just on the merits of his wide receivers. I think his running backs really need to keep up with Scott's all-star running backs. Yeah, absolutely. Dad needs a well-rounded performance from his team this week. Everybody's got to step up because is there a scenario where he can win with eleven thousand? Sure. It's not at all likely. This is going to be a week where if your He's dad... He's not playing Kyle this week. It's time to, <laughs> right. time to buck up. If your dad, you want... If I'm dad, I want to score 13,000 points minimum. And yeah. even that is not even close to safe when you're playing Scott's team. Um, so some things that scare me for dad, as you mentioned, the tight end, Seals-Jones... I know he he was actually talking to me. He's been contemplating what he should do with the tight end position. He started off hot, and then Dad picked him up, and then the last two weeks haven't been good. A.J. Green in Minnesota against Minnesota with their amazing corners scares me a little bit. I really like Phillip Rivers on Saturday against Kansas City, though. And then the thing about Demarius Thomas that scares me is he just had a really good week, and... Simeon is playing and playing well again, so I I think Dad sticks with him and should stick with him. But I hate that it's on a Thursday night. I hate Thursday night yeah, games. Yeah, they are like good that. for no one but the money hungry NFL, the owners and the commissioner. They are putting their players in danger for to make a little extra money on Thursday nights. It's Drew Brees came out and said something after that game against Atlanta. The injury statistics are out of control. It's not good for any of the players to play on Thursday night. I think it's something that needs to be taken away. And as a side note, it's also not good for fantasy. So uh, yeah, but yeah, it's so that scares me. And then yeah, if your dad, you you pay a lot of attention to what the weather's going to be like in Buffalo. If it looks like it's not going to be good, take Landry out and put Mike Evans in. I actually. I like Dad's decision if he sticks with it to not play Mike Evans. He hasn't been good. 
He's apparently dealing with a lower back injury, and Atlanta's defense is actually good. They've got good corners, and I would guess that Trufant would cover him. And so, yeah, I don't like I don't like that matchup, so I have no problem with that not playing them. You like Minnesota against Cincinnati after what the Bears just did to them. Um, but, yeah, Dad's team has the firepower to have a 15,000-point week. I think he's going to need to have a great week to get this one, to get this victory. It's... Uh, Otherwise, it, he may be having to pack his bags. I I totally I totally agree. I think I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited because I think Dad has a good enough team to have a shot. You know what I mean? It's not it's not like if it was Scott going up against Kyle, where you'd already be writing him off. It's it's um right. I'm oh, excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see what Dad's team can do. But yeah, I'll definitely be taking Scott, and I'm excited for Scott. He's got a good team. He's in the semifinals. This is the year. That's his team name. Uh, just one more victory, and you're in the championship. And uh, you know, I, I wish I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. Best he's of luck. Certainly to... put in the time. He's certainly put in the time in <laughs> terms of uh, how, yes. how many years he's been in the group. <laughs> he definitely has. Uh, he definitely has. And there were some dark years for him when, when he was in college. He was super busy and uh, didn't pay much attention. But, but he's he's made a resurgence uh, since he got out of college, and he puts in the effort. His 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 teams have gotten better and better, and this is one of the best teams he's ever had. Um, so I do wish him the best of luck. But obviously, you wish Dad the best of luck as well. Um, yeah, and we I, wish the, the the contenders in the in the other matchup the best of luck as well as and anyone who's out of the playoffs. You know, uh, let's just keep watching football, keep enjoying it. But you know, down to the final four, not necessarily the four best teams so far this year. But that's how fantasy football works, and a win's a win, a loss is a loss. So the four teams that are still in it, you are you are the top four, and uh, you should feel good about that. But stay hungry and get those W's. Go watch a video of Jameis Winston eating a W if you need inspiration. <laughs> That's all the inspiration I need. Um, but yeah, oh, also shout out to me because uh, I said that Scott's team was going to be good this year after he drafted, and I predicted a top four finish for him, and he has achieved that. Um, so congrats to him on the top four win. I know he's shooting for higher. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we can pretty much end this podcast very shortly there are a couple things i want to say before we end it but anything else you want to talk about with these playoff matchups the semifinals no i mean uh i i'm just you know i think we've 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 been pretty exhaustive in our analysis i hope you know you guys have enjoyed us being able to go a little more in depth into these playoff matchups um and you know email us with questions um we still have a a few emails that we're still trying to get through um we get so many of them but i know we've got some on the back end that we'll be addressing uh you know in some in some future episodes so please keep emailing in at either jr or tj uh at letstalkpod.com so thanks for listening and tommy i'll let you uh say the last words yeah, so I just wanted to say, um, let's not forget that there is a consolation bracket. You are playing Drew, and Justin is playing Kyle. So just make sure that you guys set your lineups. Obviously, it doesn't super matter. Um, no offense, but I don't know that if you care if you get fifth or sixth right, place. I, I um, get it, okay? I hear you, man. All right. But 
make sure you set your lineups. And then since I did talk about it last week, uh, I will text Greg in case he's not listening. Uh, I would like to do a mini uh, super consolation losers bracket <laughs> uh, between me, Dan, Anna, and Greg. So the matchups for this week would be uh, me versus Dan uh, because he is in ninth place and I'm in 12th place. So we will play each other and then Anna and Greg will play each other. Now I know our teams are locked, so we won't be able to make any moves. Uh, but we do, I mean, if there's anyone on your bench, switch them in if you would rather play them. Uh, so, well, so because Wentz is injured, so this is already fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we can, I'll talk with Dan and uh, he can tell me who he wants to play and we'll, we'll factor it in. So, um, but yeah, if you have any injuries, uh, talk to me and uh, we can we can get our, our lineup set and you know just have a fun little battle for for 12th place. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks so much for listening, guys. As Jack said, hopefully you enjoyed this. I know we like he said he went we went in more well, more in depth with the analysis because there were less games to talk about and you know more important games, the most important games of the year so far. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed it and thanks again for listening. Um, Come back next time and uh, let's talk fantasy football. Bye. Have a beautiful time.